Hello and welcome to The Imad Show, where we get to sit down with entrepreneurs and creative spirits from around the world. This week, I get a chance to sit down with Donna Bulo, a Lebanese-Sudanese film director, photographer, and DJ living in LA. She started out her career as a freelance fashion photographer, with her editorial work being featured in various prominent publications such as Vogue Japan, Vice, ID, just to name a few. She then branched out into directing music videos and short films such as Cam Girl, Go See Caddy, and Crimson Rose. She's also directed ads and fashion campaigns for the likes of Mercedes-Benz, Glossier, Girlboss, and Gucci. In this episode, we get to discuss where Donna's creative drive comes from. We get to hear what it's like working in an, as an Arab creative in the US in the time of Trump. We also get to hear some of her favorite stories as a child. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's get straight to it. Thank you for being here, Donna. Hi. In sunny Santa Monica. Finally, the weather <laughs> is nice. Um, I want to start this podcast out a little bit differently. Okay. Um, you're a storyteller. You're a DJ. You're a photographer. You're a filmmaker. So finish this for me. Once upon a time. Oh, my go. gosh. There could be so many I want to see where this where goes. Where do I even begin? Uh, once upon a time, there was a vampire that lived in the beach. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> okay. Are, are you continuing? Oh, I have to continue? It? Okay, okay. Once upon a time, there was a vampire lived at the beach and was deciding how he could uh, deal with the sun. <laughs> if he should uh, get some sort of, he's I gonna guess, die surgery you know, he's to be alive already. or not. <laughs> I'm just thinking about, you know, because there's like a painting right here of the beach. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, how do people survive if they were allergic to the sun? So that kind of, I was just thinking <laughs> of a story. Kind of like that. I hope it Giving you guys sense context she came in a massive coat and it's sunny as shit outside and a wool and sweater a wool dress. sweater dress okay <laughs> so brilliant um so tell me a little bit about yourself where'd you grow up i mean yeah. by the way we have a special guest with us today it is My mother's mother day is here, you guys. thank you so much for being here she's watching it's hysterical <laughs> i love it i love it i love it so tell me tell me a little bit about you How, when sure. did you grow up where, where, uh, no when, yeah, where did you i was grow up? born in los angeles i moved uh, to london uh, when i was two and i lived there for 10 years mm -hmm. i lived in Hampstead, and i had a crazy british accent when i moved here i got made fun of so hard uh, for having an accent you should it, so i know enduring. i should have just had my british accent yeah. and just kind of <laughs> rolled with it but <laughs> but i adjusted to the american accent really quickly when i was here um and i grew grew up pretty much of uh, an introvert like I read a lot of books I drew a lot when I was a kid and I just wanted to create that was one thing I loved making was just photography or if it was making films um, I just wanted to create constantly when did you start to get in that mindset of creating why was it so uh, i mean it kind of started when i was younger uh whenever i'd go out to parties with my mom or my dad i would always meet their friends and i'd draw them that mm -hmm. <laughs> the oh, right then meet, right then and there by the end of the dinner i'd give them a photograph of themselves and it would be <laughs> like this crazy sketch and they'd be like, whoa, like, what is up with Picasso over here? <laughs> so I actually have some of those sketches. It's really funny. I oh, found wow. them the she, other day. Has she framed them? Uh, no, she has not framed them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I've been 
I've been like this since I was a kid. I always wanted to create. Uh, at 12 and 13, I wanted to work. I was really sick of being at home and just being in school. Yeah. I didn't really have a lot of friends. So I wanted to like go uh, and apply for working and you know, doing something. And I was like, you don't have to work. What are you doing? And I was just like, I want to go to the mall and have a job. So, um, but yeah, ever since I think like I was like 15, 16, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and I wanted to create, uh, whether it was going into film or photography. I love, I mean, like even the way you're describing how you wanted to create and you were like an introvert and you were yeah. quiet and you had a lot of friends and you were doing it. And that's when you get the best For sure. creators, the Uh-oh. best storytellers, <laughs> because they're the ones that are like inside, they don't really do anything, but yeah. everything is going inside their head. And then there comes a point in time where there's, there's this inflection Switch. point. Totally. And you become an extrovert and you have all of these right. stories that you want to tell. And it's just, it's, it's incredible. Totally. Um, to see that happening. So... Talk to me a little bit about the photography that you do. I mean, photography, DJ, and film. Mm-hmm. I was I was with El Cid. I don't know if you know who El oh, Cid yeah. is. I was with him a couple of actually no last week. Ram- yeah, yeah. The Ramadan is, the uh-huh, Ramadan had yes. just started. I just was with started, him. Yep. Um, before flying to LA, and he was talking me through his through one time that he was on a road, um, on a project, and he was like, "We're just driving, and I see this rock in the middle of Tunis." Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I need to like stop, 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 stop. I need to do something. And I need, I need to paint. But totally. I just I have this in me that it needs to come out. Yeah. 20 minutes. I mean, it wasn't even on his like itinerary or anything. And he had to like, he just saw something and mm-hmm. he had to create. Mm-hmm. How does that resonate with you? Oh, for sure. Uh, I think with me, I started out doing photography and then I just, I loved I loved creating and just making a story out of a photograph yeah. and making these crazy storylines. But I wanted a bit more from just a still photograph. I wanted someone to speak, uh, to move and to create motion with yeah. everything. And then um, I think I was in high school. Uh, my sc- I went to uh, a science and math school very nerdy school we like learned how to uh take apart computers and put them back together it was that oh, type wow, of okay. nerd school nothing there, they didn't have any like sports or any of that or drama but it was the first year that they had uh put in cinematography so cool. i signed up and i just remember That's falling in love yeah that in yeah that was the first time that school's ever had that and i saw i was in the first class and our teacher was really amazing he like showed us a few documentaries that Spike Jones had made. And that's when I was like, I want to do that. I want to be able to create and make it move and make people like come to life. Yeah. I guess with the different characters and such. But, um, yeah, even through an adult, like, you know, I think at 22, 23, so when I really decided I wanted to go into directing mm-hmm. specifically, um, I had all the craziest, randomest jobs to pay bills and, you know, working is, a, is normal, <laughs> especially in Los Angeles. So um, there's no shame in that. And I would meet so many, like, cool people that I looked up to and I would always ask them, like, oh, like, when did you know you wanted to switch fully into doing freelance and were you a or I think I asked Ryan McGinley that yeah. when I first met him and he was like oh I was a pizza boy like uh, throughout my whole career until I got an agent and that's when I kind of stopped doing stuff so it's never like uh yeah you can't apologize for doing those things you so know not to feel shame there's two things that I want to ask sure. over here one which is I mean throughout school you're, you're looking at these narratives you're looking at these stories that you want to tell right how do you maneuver your expression 
mm-hmm. across the different mediums that you use to storytell today? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it's, uh, these stories kind of come to me sometimes when I'm sleeping or just really randomly. I'll like imagine a whole scene. Yeah. It's so strange. And, and yet right now, you, yeah, like, you imagine a freaking vampire in yeah. the sun? <laughs> I was like, this could be cool. What if a vampire was staying in this hotel, <laughs> moved to Santa Monica, and he's just like, what do I do? There's sun. It's daytime every time. I can't enjoy the beach, but I can at night. The you know so yeah these just like these scenes would come to me and these storylines and I almost feel like I become the character whether it's like some evil person or just like someone who's dealing with stuff or uh, I kind of become those characters and I start to like think in those perspectives um, and I write them down and yeah the point where you're writing them are you choosing the medium are you choosing is it going to be photography yeah if it's going to be yeah um, mainly so far it's been a lot of directing and maybe like and more of um, movement movement and creating a film aesthetic of a story Um, with photography it's a lot of the person being casted that I choose to be in it and then creating the story from that um so let's say if you take someone and you see them they're amazing and they're so special they look very strange and not the like i guess the classic beauty yeah. of what people like um for me i like people who are a little bit awkward and just very you, you do have a certain aesthetic yeah i mean during all of the research i've been doing over the last couple of days <laughs> thank I mean, you a huge thank you to sophia by the way of and course, yes yes i'm proud like sophia and proud. my homies <laughs> especially both of them yeah sophia's been on the podcast pod. Awesome. I'm, I'm, i watched I'm it on you as well. <laughs> at least i saw some of the snippets um so I seen the, the full one yes so that's incredible yeah um okay so you do have that in mind so wh- for how, sure how do you define your aesthetic Oh, wow. That's the hardest question on the planet. Uh, you know, with the work that I'm making, I I like it to be authentic. I like it to be raw, but have a bit of character and yeah. personality. So I would say it's that. Um, a lot of people like that look at my photography, they're like, oh, it's very dreamy, aesthetic and ethereal. Yeah. And when it comes to the film, it's a bit darker, but it still has that. Uh, it really just depends on the project. But yeah, for me, I, I don't know how to... I would like it to be real as possible that someone could feel that feel it in the room or mm-hmm. just be a, as if you're on set and you're in this movie. That's kind of what I want. So you want, want them to, to feel. be a part yeah, of it. Yeah, I want them there. to be a part of it. Like you'll never see in my work any lens flares. Yeah. And specifically, it's because I don't want it to seem like you're watching a movie. I want you to feel like you're there, like you're looking at the person crying and you're in the room with them speaking. So that's kind of how I always want it to be um, with the camera. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Now, one more thing. Mm-hmm. You're fluent in Arabic. Yes. You're half <laughs> Lebanese. Out of it. Of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, she asks me if I speak Arabic, and like having been born and raised in Dubai, I speak not a word. It's so <laughs> And un peu français as well. Français, c'est bon. But back in Arabic. Okay. Just a little bit, you know? Yeah. I can do that. And you were just in the Middle East. Mm-hmm, yes, you were, Dubai. You were in Dubai. Yes. Uh, first time? Second time, actually. The first second time, time was for Farfetch, yeah. Yeah, for, for, yeah, second time was Farfetch. First time was for Gucci. Uh, Sophia brought me on to the project, Sophia and Mariam, for a meal. And it was awesome. It was a dream come true. I got contacted in the summertime. I was actually traveling. It's so strange. I was telling my friend, I was like, watch, every time I travel, like the second I'm on the airplane, yeah. I get contacted for a job. I was like, I will bet you like 50 bucks. And it happened. Mariam had contacted me and Sophia and we're like, hey, we want to, we would like to have you um, for directing a video for Gucci. 
uh, are you available to speak right now? And I'm like, I'm getting on a plane. No, <laughs> every time this happens to me every time. It's almost like I should just travel all the time to get like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, calls, why not? You know, seems, like these yeah. little, little trips from Santa Monica to Santa Barbara, it's like 15 <laughs> minute flight and like, right done. away booked. But yeah, but, um, but yeah, it was amazing. And that was my first time. And the second time I went back, uh, in November. So the first time was in February and then in, uh, actually, no, wait, sorry. The first time was November. Uh, yeah. November. First time was in November. Yeah. Um, but I went back again in February. There we go. Gosh. Now, <laughs> dyslexia. speaking Arabic, mm -hmm. how was it growing up? Did you have a little bit of that Arabic or Arab um, household growing up? Uh, my parents, <laughs> my mom's right there. Mom's She's right like there. watching me. She's like, <laughs> what is she going to ask? She's like, what is she going to say? Let me record her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My mom sounds nothing like that. She's probably texting me right now. Like, shut the hell up. <laughs> that's the realist. That's the realism. Um, no, but you know, my parents were they're they're traditional and not at the same time yeah. my mother is an artist and a musician uh -huh. um my dad is a businessman but he's very like creative in the um in the fields that he would go into so mm -hmm. they both taught me to dream big and to work in whatever i loved and to really pursue that so they were never like oh you know at the age of 17 you have to like be a doctor and blah 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 no they never did that they were like you know do what it, what makes you happy yeah so that's something i'm really thankful i had parents that were very supportive of anything i did if yeah. i was like you know what today i'm gonna be a singer my mom would be like great okay so you should Here's be doing mic. this this is great like wh what kind of music and my dad would be like probably planning the whole entire thing i love it so <laughs> my parents are very supportive in everything I did so I'm yeah I'm very it's thankful for that it's a huge blessing to have that, <laughs> compared you know? to like my friends like certain people that I know that are like oh I have to be a doctor or a lawyer or a psychologist and that's it art doesn't exist mm. or like you know it's yeah you get it so I completely <laughs> this then coming from Pakistani parents I'm ready Pakistani. exactly <laughs> you know yeah yeah, yeah it, totally. it resonates with me so totally, totally. so hard um, Pakistani yeah. parents but then coming back to Dubai where they wanted me to assimilate to the culture to assimilate to m and understand what my dreams were for sure and, and, and push me towards them um, which is such a it's, it's such a godsend it's, yeah. it's actually incredible now um, so coming back to the fact that okay you're, you're growing up in this household yeah. where, where they're super supportive you're going to Dubai um, for the first was it your first time in the Middle East or uh, do you no, go to Lebanon it, I've been to Lebanon Saudi Arabia uh, Morocco I think that's it, uh, Qatar, or no, actually I haven't gotten to Qatar. I was like, we, we have so many family there. I feel like we always make plans to go there, they but go we don't go. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was it. So Saudi Arabia, Lebanon, and Morocco. Okay. Those are the I three I was just in Morocco, I think, a year ago. Amazing. Casablanca? Or? I was in Casa for two weeks. I was Casablanca? in Marrakesh for a week. I was in Isawera for okay, very like four cool. or five days. Nice. Uh, incredible place. Now, yeah. um, so going to Dubai, working mm -hmm. for Gucci, mm -hmm. Um, and then the evolution from that Gucci campaign that you did to the Farfetch campaign that you did. Yeah. Having never, I, I don't know, maybe actually I might be wrong on no, this assumption. Good. Having, ever, did you ever, had Work you ever worked with Arab talent? No, this was the first time I was so excited. I remember telling Mariam and Sophia on set, like, wait a minute, I forgot. I don't need to speak Arabic on set. <laughs> so I was like, action. And I would like, you know, speak the whole time in Arabic. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd ever done that. It's been like a dream come true, honestly. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. Uh, especially direct in a country where, you know, it's our language to be able to speak it. And, and it's just, you know, there aren't a lot of female directors in that world 
world. I mean, for me, I grew up watching uh, Nadine Dabake's work. I remember Caramel? going, yeah, Caramel was Beautiful the first movie. movie. And I grew up with like my, my grandma heavily watching a lot of Egyptian classic movies. So that's kind of how I got introduced to cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, just watching them with her and watching like Sabah and going to her concert. And we were like really good family friends with her. So we would go backstage and like see all of the the drama that was going on. I was very fascinated by that. Yeah. I love the costume changes and the character and the way the persona. I remember like asking her a lot of questions about that I was like how old was I like six or five I think I asked her like something really ridiculous where my mom was like oh my god I'm not related to this daughter where is she <laughs> I think I asked her how old she was and you do not ask Sabah like how old yeah. she is that's ridiculous wow. and she just switched she like looked at me and gave me like such a smile and I remember that she was like I'm as old as a, as a rose <laughs> what a beautiful answer it was amazing and my mom was like okay Dana like once we're home we have a serious discussion to have you know and she's like you can't ask that question to what like a lady like and I was like well I don't know she's so cool and nice she's my friend <laughs> so yeah I, I grew up with with that but I didn't grow up in the sense of like nobody really worked in that industry yeah. in my family I'm the first one to work in the entertainment industry yeah so there was an evolution from like November to when was it? Oh, right. Yeah. It was to February. Yeah, it was it was fantastic working with all an Arab talent and also meeting people that are this very similar to you. I had never met anyone who's around my age or even younger that yeah. was into the cool like streetwear. What? Like I met so many people that were <laughs> this is a shock to me. I don't know. Culture shock because <laughs> I've like been westernized or something. But I haven't met anybody that was in, in that knew all the references like prod for me is a fantastic photographer and he shoots medium format like he totally understood all of those aesthetics there was amazing artists and chefs and graphic designers and djs and skateboard i've never met a skater from saudi arabia like are you serious (laughs) that's never happened i've never met anyone like that or who's into the art world you know i i understand it's amazing so here is a question where sure where i mean did you have a narrative of what was going on in the middle east and then coming back and then was that narrative completely broken like for broken sure and like yeah i mean um i wasn't i was expecting them to be modernized totally of course i wasn't expecting it to be like the olden days mm. or any of that crap no way but i was expecting it to be more of like the kardashian effect <laughs> like you know what i mean i mean i go to lebanon and it's like plastic surgery left and right yeah. and like selfie and the blah 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 you know and i I wasn't expecting to meet cool people and it was so refreshing because they understood the references mm-hmm. that I was pulling or from the like art department to the creative director with Sophia working with her we had the same thing like the same taste kind of and much. certain so many things actually it was hysterical we'd look at each other and be like mm, no <laughs> yes she's like you you're like something else you totally get it, it. so it. it's it's amazing yeah I think definitely I guess I had a when I was sending references of the mood of what we wanted the Gucci diner to be yeah. like you know I was like okay I hope I don't have to explain myself of sending so much references they totally got it they're like oh okay yeah totally uh-huh, by the uh-huh. way the music that you guys yeah, used the Habibi music Funk, was oh amazing Habibi Funk oh. he's incredible I've been trying to get him to Dubai like, for a, yeah a separate, and separate I mean now we have that show Rami have you heard of I've that I've heard of it I haven't seen Hulu? it yet oh my god you have Freaking to watch Hulu doesn't, it like, it doesn't exist in Dubai that's so ridiculous so many things that we need to yeah do. I really want to work with the guy Rami and like himself he's brilliant I thought he 
was just such a genius to create such a show in America. It's, it's, it's on my and, list of things. And like too. totally showing people like, yeah, we're actually pretty cool people. We get it. <laughs> I love it. You know what I mean? Not everything, you know, in America, it's like the Middle East is like portray- portrayed as like terrorist and uh, blah, blah, blah. And like, do you have to like cover change up? Change that rhetoric. You need yeah, to change it's that just like, are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Question. Sure. Actually, not a uh, yeah, question. Um, while doing the research, I was reading actually, uh, I was reading an article on meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and in it, you said it's our responsibility to make a difference in what we create, mm-hmm. especially dealing with today's society and climate. She explains, um, revealing how <laughs> how important it is for her to shed a light on alternative stories and making women finally feel empowered 100 percent um you know it's my job you know it's not only are you creating and you're making these stories of different people and all of that but it's your responsibility as an artist to have a political statement with anything you make you should i mean we live in i live in los angeles where trump is my president what a shock like it's such a shock i cried (laughs) i actually cried when he got elected i was like great my life is over i'm pursuing directing full-time and now I'm definitely not going to get any jobs especially since I'm Middle Eastern like good luck with that and a woman and a woman and a woman on on top of on on top top yeah let's add more to the list Mm. Um, but honestly, it's actually been so refreshing. This is the last year was the first year that I got so many jobs for even direct for directing photography, obviously, but like for DJing also, um, it was great because you have a lot of companies and a lot of people that are like, we know what's going on with our society. It's awful. Uh, we don't stand for it. We want to change it and we want to hire the right person for the job. And so I got so many opportunities happening. So yeah, when, when those happen, it's your responsibility to put, you know, to have different diversity in your cast, yeah. to have everyone from every culture be represented in your films and your photographs. And, and it's always been like that for me. I've always had that. That's never been an issue. Um, whereas other people, you know, they've never had the chance to do that but for me it's like casting is a really big uh big thing for me i've been doing that for a while and i love it but um yeah it's and how did you see that narrative playing out different was it playing out differently in the east compared to the west yeah um i would say like I think nowadays, especially with the Middle East, they're so proud to be Middle Eastern. Mm. It's I'm like, thank God, finally, I don't have to go to a restaurant. And everyone's like, oh, don't speak Arabic here. Like, no. I remember going to a club like in Paris and they wouldn't let us in, like my friends in, because they looked super like Moroccan, like super like Middle Eastern. They were like, no Arabs yeah. here. They're like her, yeah. And I, I don't know how the hell, I guess I don't look, I don't, it's ridiculous. And I was just like, what do you mean me like it's fine but them no that's bullshit that's not okay so i think like nowadays it's it's really important and to showcase where you're from and what you do and to be proud of who you are female male, yeah no female or male yeah. exactly i think it's both equal um for sure yeah or like trans even for sure 100 percent. yeah bring about a dialogue you know, like just we need to be we're in this age where we need to be more of like the accepting 100 um, percent. And it's now acceptable to be talking up. There is so much stuff that you're not allowed to talk about, like girl, a girl getting her period. Oh, <gasps> God forbid. So oh, my gosh. Like we're in the freaking 21st, we're <laughs> it's hysterical. Yeah. Like what? That's uh, it's fine. That's human nature. It's like life, <laughs> you know. Tell me a little bit about Arduous. 
art? Oh yeah, the Odoro. So Odoro. no, no worries. Um, so I had met, I had, hadn't met actually Petra Collins yet. We were digital friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was like MySpace uh, was wrapping up and Facebook took over. Yeah. And so there was like Blogspot and a few different blogging um, websites and such that people had as their blog and creating like you know aesthetics and photographing this and that anyways so um i had followed one of her um blog spots and i loved what she was she would like post with her friends and creating these like fashion stories like they'd style it and just shoot yeah. in the middle of nowhere in canada and i was like oh this girl's so cool like she gets the aesthetic it gets like rock and roll culture and i remember like following her on there and commenting all the time and she was like oh hey like you're a photographer too um and a director at the time like she had seen some of my experimental work and she was like hey i'm gonna be forming an all-girl collective called the odoros and um we have different people around the world a part of it so it was like a mixture of photographers and and um artists Mm -hmm. and yeah that that was one of the beginning of my photography career i love that that was the like that was the kind of platform you're kind of (laughs) coming out from right and it's it's empowering you to like i mean it's kind of going on Mm-hmm. with the stuff that you're doing for sure yeah it was the first time um i think since like the original like the 90s of having that kind of feminist work out there but yeah. it wasn't digitally done do you know what i mean yeah. like it was like okay people like idolize courtney love and you know um bikini kill and all of the whole culture of yeah. that movement in the 90s and it really got brought in back in like 2013 2014 um and petra was the leader of that and was like hey i'm gonna form an all-girl collective nobody knows each other we're all in love, different I girls from that. all around the yeah. world i had met so many great girls that understood what i was making and they understood what you know we understood each other that was the best thing, and we had never met. That was the funniest it's such thing. An important Nobody. thing, though, yeah. you know, because you're 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 coming along yeah, on work for sure. It's just brilliant. It's it's it was amazing. Yeah. Um, to even go through like uh, when I was doing my research, I got I got to see all of the photos, and like it was just beautiful. The, yeah. the work that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, last question. Sure. Which I asked. Oh my God, everyone. we're at the last question yeah. already. <laughs> what? <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> now, okay, this is yes. a difficult one. It's okay, gonna I'm make you let me think. think. Right? Okay. Okay. This is, there's thinking. no vampires in Santa Monica right now. I know. Okay, fine. Got you. Got you. Got you. Yes. Give me three experiences that have changed you the most across your life so far. God, this is so hard. Why do you have to do this to me? <laughs> uh, like three experiences. Right. I think, you know, um, one thing that most people don't really talk about is when things go bad for you, like the worst situations are for me the best ones because through those horrible experiences it led me to where I wanted to be um so I would say gosh I don't know I mean this is a very hard question to think about um I think getting you know ah god (laughs) I I mean it could be it could be it could be I mean situations I would say uh, one of them that was really bad, or not bad, but... Oh it doesn't need God, to be bad. I, I mean, it could be positive. No, yeah, it was, it's positive. It is. It's like, I think when you're working in a field where you don't want to be doing that field and you want to pursue your dreams mm-hmm. and really taking that gamble. And for me, that happened to me when I formed a consulting agency with... Um, 
with a friend of a friend and I decided it wasn't working out. Uh, it just wasn't right with the, with the philosophy of everything with starting a business. Um, just, you know, I always say trust the person if you're going to start with a business with or do it on your own. It's yeah. better if you just do it on your own. But I decided I was like, this isn't working out with this person. And I was just like, you know, this is my chance to really pursue directing. And I was like, you know, like, let's, I'm just going to jump into a pool without knowing how to swim. That was the thing. And taking, so taking those chances, risk. taking risks, taking chances and really going for them. That's something I think those are my three uh, maybe not situations, but there have been so many situations that have happened to me, whether it's been like DJing and opening up for Snoop Dogg. That was a huge Damn. life. Yeah, that was a life changing experience yeah. for me because that's all I would play was like hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> so being able to be like, hey, I got this opportunity. Levi's contacted me to do that or being flown to Dubai to work on a Gucci campaign of all Arab talent. Yeah. That's what a, a huge high honor to be able to do that. Whether, you know, it's been so many of those experiences, but I think like moral of all of those experiences is taking the risk and really following your dreams and manifesting and not listening to anyone that's going to say you can't do it. If anything, prove that to them that you can do it. I could not <laughs> think of a better way to end this Great. and a better message yes. to end with. <laughs> Don't so, forget to manifest, Donna, guys. Yes, please. Donna, thank <laughs> you so much. Oh Donna's mama, thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Happy I mean, Mother's Day. <laughs> it's not going to be Mother's Day when you release it. I know. Every day should be Mother's Day. Every so. day should be Mother's Day. Take your mom out, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening. If you guys have any questions, concerns, please do let me know. You can find me on Instagram at Ahmad Mia. It's A-M-A-D-M-I-A-A-N. You can also find more about Donna Bulo in the show notes or on Instagram at Donna Bulo, D-A-N-A-B-O-U-L-O-S. Thanks again. I'll see you guys next week.